members of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios, it's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create real, amazing relationships. Open phones this hour. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, host of The Ken Coleman Show, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. And Ken, I'm convinced America should be very afraid right now. Uh, returning to the phone screening chair after uh, several OG. years after several years in management yeah. and leadership yeah. is uh, the famous Laura yeah. Johnson. Yes. Um, when she started, she was Laura Mays. We used to call her the Amazing One, and then we learned better. But um, <laughs> oh, cold, wow. cold, right yeah. out of the gate. The she abuse. just got back in the control the room. Abuse. The abuse begins quickly. Yeah. It's a management tool that we're here at Ramsey. Abuse. Yeah. So fun to so, see her over there. Uh, you know, she also. I mean, she sat across the, you know, across the glass from me here, and like this, couldn't talk back, which was wonderful, um, for like thirteen years. Yeah, and then moved into uh, producing and yeah. leading the production teams here at Ramsey and all this. And today, uh, because we're in a holiday week, uh, we're shorthanded, and she's stepped back into her uh, her old talents. Yeah, I she and I she used to uh, oversee me on the video channel when I first started here. I was not a personality. I was That was a chore. And boy, she just gave me all kinds of grief. She yeah, could, well, you she would say it. things in my ear while I was live on the air and uh, so she's she's awesome. It's good to see her smiling face. She's the OG, the the, the original right there. Uh, LJ the OG. So it's good Ooh, to have her in there. Wow, you're I did you're ask her kind of hip when you Well, I'm that. trying hard and every teenager yeah. that's listening you're is rolling Seriously, a boomer. Yeah. Yeah. But I asked her how many people had to not be available for us to to get you today, and it was a lot. <laughs> it, she's she's we had to, we had to go way down the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So We're digging out the bottom. Yeah, she, Laura she, Johnson screening phones today. Associate yep. producer for the day. Uh, so she's working for all the people that work for her today, and uh, that's how it works here at Ramsey. We do what it takes to get her done. Open phones, 888-825-5225. Thomas is in Florida. Hey, Thomas, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Uh, hi, I'm glad to be here. Good. How can we help? Uh, well, I've been, I'm a very goal-driven person, and recently I've been wondering, should I try and work towards my passion of being a storyboard writer, or should I listen to Michael Rowe's advice and find a trade job to help me become a little bit more profitable than focus on my passions? Well, that's a that's a good setup. I've heard a lot of people have approached me on that and what Mike says, and I don't want you to confuse what he's saying. I think this is probably a, a both and. Uh, what is it going to take for you to be a successful storyboard writer? Uh, that, that comes down to skills and experience. So what does that journey look like? Can you do that full-time? If you cannot support yourself doing that full-time, then maybe a trade or any other job that, uh, that I would call a day job that allows me to take care of business and then train, get some experience on the side, build the relationships, and get to a place where I can step from one to the other. And I think the way you said that in that second classification is probably the way to do it. But it doesn't have to be a trade. Uh, Thomas, hmm, I, uh, wait a minute. Uh, let me ask you something. Uh, I mean, we use storyboard in, in all our productions and things we do here. Um, 
I'm kind of doubting, since I know a little bit about the business, that there's full-time work for a storyboard writer in Sarasota Springs, Florida. Hmm. Well, now, to, if you're yeah, in L.A., was, Atlanta, Nashville, where there's a lot of film production and a lot of uh, uh, video production of things, I, I'm missing something. Is Sarasota Springs the center of video and I don't know it? Uh, no, sir. But I was just want, thinking about like maybe moving like somewhere yeah. where the work would be more available. Yeah, you can get there. The question is, what does that look like? What's a successful storyboard writer making? Do you know? Uh, no, sir. You got to know. Like, we can't just kind of go, well, I'd like to do this. Well, you know, I'd like to dunk a basketball on a 10-foot rim. It's not happening. No, so it's how not, re- <laughs> not without a trampoline. So how realistic is it? So here's the first thing you've got to do. What what does a career path look like in that space? And to Dave's point, is that a full time gig? If it's not, is it a subsidiary of a writing position? Yeah, You've I got think, to I think you're out. a content and creative guy first yeah. and foremost. I'm afraid you're niching this out too far. Uh, I mean, you, you've you've gone this down to the very nuanced job that a handful of people in the world have. Um, and so, uh, I mean, content creation is in in essence what storyboarding is that's right and you know you're 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 helping the production team create a narrative Mm -hmm. and a flow uh through what they're getting ready to put on film or tape whatever we want to call it none of it above digits but anyway the uh uh so i'm if we were doing that at ramsey we would be hiring a creative who also did yeah a content person who also did um as a matter of fact that's what how we do it we yeah. don't have anybody here that does that so I, i'm i'm kind of gonna how old are you i am 20 years old sir. how did you decide that storyboard writing was your thing um because i usually enjoy uh usually enjoyed like coming up with with expanding through storylines and coming up with creative way creative original ideas and so forth and yeah, i was you're, figuring i could bring so, the light stay right there yeah, what you, you just said a to great us great content guy so yeah. thomas what you just said to us that is a fifty thousand foot view of a job description so you start with that now the research process is what are all the different ways that professionally i can do this work what are the pathways to all of those positions then we ask, well, then what am I going to have to do to get the experience and the qualifications to eventually get there? Now we have real answers. And again, you're 20. I appreciate the call, but you don't know what you don't know. And we've got to go get answers to those type of things. Then the question is, all right, what is the best financial path for me to get there? And if picking up a trade, and again, you know, the trades that we think of blue collar work, but in today's world, you can go to a coding camp and, and you can get an IT trade that pays you very, very well that will give you stability and the opportunity to acquire mm-hmm. these skills on the side. Because in the world that we live in, and, and let's just call it the content world, whether you're a broadcaster, speaker, author, it doesn't matter. That is a much tougher path, and it takes a little bit longer, and it is based on experience, 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 and many times experience doesn't pay, and so you've got to be patient, and this is a long haul, potentially, uh, if you want to be in that content space. Yeah, I I think you could very well end up spending a lot of your life doing storyboarding at some point, but it's kind of like you called up and said, I not only want to be an actor, 
I want to be an actor in commercials. I don't only want to be an actor in commercials. I want to be an actor only on car insurance commercials. Right. And so I'm going to tell you, pan back a little bit, and let's broaden the horizon that still encompasses your passion area, and let the storyboarding be a nuance within it, and I think it'll help you get there. It's a neat call. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you. We're honored with your question. Thank you. This is The Ramsey Show. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past. But a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Rates are actually lower for women, which is why I send you to Xander Insurance. They shop the top term life companies to find the lowest rates available. You can compare rates online at Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is something every family has to deal with. That's Xander.com or 800-356-4282. Ken Coleman Ramsey, personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose is my co-host today. Brett is with us. Brett is in Charleston, South Carolina. Hi, Brett. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you both for having me on. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Sure. What's up? So I grew up uh, very poor, you know, often not even having meals, and then as my... uh, grew into a senior in high school both my parents got jobs making six figures and it seemed like it was so fun eating out and just living recklessly as a whole family and then my parents got divorced everything just kind of fell apart and i now have been blessed of owning my own business and making a pretty considerable salary increase and i find myself feeling fearful about the money that i'm making I know I still have $11,000 to pay off on uh, baby step two, but I just am kind of afraid of the effect of money. I, I just am living in fear, and I'm hoping to get some help. Be more specific. What, do you, what is it you're afraid of? You know, I just I don't want the lifestyle of money to be able to, to tear away the things that really matter to me. Um, you know, I don't want it so that we're just eating out and living, you know, like this great life. And then some of the family values kind of go by the wayside. How do you find those values while earning greater money? You know, how do you stay rooted, I guess? Okay. Um, number one, I don't think you're going to have a problem because you are watching for it. It's the people that don't watch for it that um, that it gets. So you're not looking to money to be your salvation. And so it's not going to let you down. 
people that get in trouble are the ones that say, oh, I'll be happy when, and then they're not happy when, okay? Because money's, mm-hmm. you know, success, money, anything's a bully in the schoolyard. As soon as you achieve it and you step across, you know, he draws a line in the sand and says, if you step across this line, I'm going to punch you. And you step across the line, he backs up and draws another line and says, if you step across this line, then I'm really going to punch you. You know, and that's what it, it's always moving this. I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I'll be happy when. And those are the people that getting money gets them off track because they thought money had a power to do things it does not have. It does not have the power to give you happiness. It does not have the power to give you joy. It does not have the power to give you peace. It does not have the power to uh, create values in your family uh, unless you try to give it that power and then it will let you down. But you're not going to do that, so I'm really not worried about you. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. You know, as just a dad of four daughters, I just want to make sure I, you know, use yeah. it to its best opportunity. So I'm uh, so, like my little boy, you know, we finally got a decent car after we went bankrupt. And I, I, my little boy at the time um, is a little guy. He's the smallest of the Ramseys, right? And uh, we take, we get him in the, finally get a car that's not got like a dent in it. You know, I mean, it's, we finally get a decent vehicle. And he's in the back seat, and we're doing the old family drive around the block in the new car. Everybody check out the new car. Ooh, ah, we're excited, right? You know the routine, right? And, and mm-hmm. he leans back and he goes, We're doing pretty good. <laughs> right and see that's a signal that there's a problem and so i just stopped the car and i said we aren't doing good at all i'm doing good you got nothing <laughs> i'm doing pretty good you, you you're broke okay and so you just need to know that's where you're starting from b-r-o-k-e buddy and so um you know and and so that's in other words we did not allow money to be the value uh, of okay now we're okay when we get this better car oh now we're okay if we get to move in that house oh now we're okay if i have a thing a label on my purse or whatever the crap it is right and so you know you're just not gonna allow your family to be defined by this and so money then becomes oh pt barnum had a wonderful saying he said money is a fabulous slave it's a horrible master mm-hmm yeah and that's what we're talking about is who's in charge here you are the money you're in charge the money's not so you're not going to fall prey to these things as long as you keep money not don't let money be in charge in anyone's life that is in your purview your your you know your spouse your kids as for me and my house money is a tool Mm. it's not the master you see what i'm doing yeah yeah, I, I just would I, I would say that. this, Brett. I, I can feel the fear on you, and that's why we pushed you to be specific. And I think you're afraid that mm-hmm. more money and affluency that comes with that is going to distract you and tempt you to do things you don't want to do, as opposed to say, no, the money I make yeah. and any wealth that comes with that is going to allow me to do more of what I believe we should do. So I think it's boundaries, setting up those boundaries. Like Dave said, when do you hear something or see something or smell something among the family where it goes, that's not right, I want to nip that in the bud. And I think it's setting boundaries and not worrying about the temptation. If you've got clear boundaries, uh, I think you're going to do more of the right things instead of doing things that you don't want to do. But you you grew up hearing, and most of us did, uh, Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, rich people are evil or they're all crooks or something like that, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. absolute hogwash. 
<laughs> it's absolute. It's an absolute. It's asinine. It's an absolute lie, but it's the stuff that poor people or hopeless people say because they're jealous. Yeah. And, and so you know, most rich people I know are no more crooked than the poor people I know, and they're no more righteous <laughs> than the poor people I know. You know, the amount of money you have doesn't make you a crook or righteous. Uh, it's a yeah. character quality. So you know, it, it's a moral. Money's a moral. It does not have morals. It just attaches itself to people who do. Um, and so, yeah, you just you got this message from childhood, from the old, from the from the growing up hood, the neighborhood, and you're like, you know, oh wow, I'm I'm afraid I'm going to become one of those evil rich people, and uh, then you discover, no, I'm just going to be one of the good rich people. Okay, good. Yeah, well, I, it. I love what you said about the Daniel story. It's one of my favorite stories. It reminds me of something Shaquille O'Neal said. I believe it's during his Hall of Fame speech, but it's perspective. He said to his kids, "We ain't rich." I'm rich. Yeah, exactly. It's the <laughs> and, same thing. You know, it's like give the kids context. Yeah. Why do I make this money? What had to happen for us to get to this place? Now, what do we believe we should do with money? And you give it perspective, yeah. you know, and then the kids and everybody else goes, okay, I get it. But, you know, here's the thing. And, and you show the kids it came from hard work. You show the kids that That's business right. is successful because we're helping a lot of people. That's exactly right. And, hey, oh, I had to struggle. You know, I tell my kids all the time, you know, like I try to remind them, they were little when I first started after this whole broadcasting thing. I remind them all the time how bad the first broadcasting things I did were. Like, they don't even deserve to be drug out of the ditch, you know, the ash heap of history. Like, you had to do bad stuff. You had to do humble stuff. You had to struggle. Uh, it took time to build. Like, this doesn't just, you don't just show up and do the things I'm doing today. And and my all my kids understand that, you know. And, by the way, they also understand that if they want more money, they've got to go to work. Yeah, I don't just keep filling up their bank account. Yeah, but you know? eat, eating out go, does go not work. destroy your family values. No, he brought up eating out several times. You know, eating out does not. Yeah, know. I think he was worried about getting away from the dinner table, well, which I get that. Then, then say so now you make know, the dinner table a part of the family tradition. Part of our part of our weekly schedule That's is uh, three nights a week, five nights a week, whatever That's it is. Right. We are all gathering at uh, the table, and uh, no, you can't book anything across that. And I don't care what your friends are doing, and this is what we do. The other nights, we can go out to eat, or sure. you can go out with your buddies, mm -hmm. or do whatever. You can go over to somebody else's house, whatever. But these nights, we're here, and if you're if you're wanting to establish that as a family tradition, a family rhythm. That's a good thing. It is. It's a good thing. And if you're going to go ahead and do that, then just no screens at the table, by the way. So I agree with that. Just help you with that. Um, so. Dave, you're not going to believe this. We made the Coleman kids play Clue last night, and they howled like I was torturing them. And would you believe that they actually enjoyed it once I got them into the game and they figured out how to play it? But you would have thought I was the worst father of all time. You are. I don't want to play Clue. I don't want to play. How long you're does horrible. it take? I can't. You're a child abuser. Make them play something. board games. It was good. They actually ended up enjoying it. Golly. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Boomer Day on the Ramsey Show. <laughs> <laughs>
In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the dead free stage, Mark is with us. Hey, Mark, how are you? Fantastic, Dave. Thanks, sir. Thanks for the introduction. I, I appreciate it. Absolutely, sir. Where do you live? Uh, just outside of Dallas and, and Fate, Texas. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Garland area. Yes, sir. Yeah, cool. Good to have you, man. So how much debt have you paid off? I paid off 323000 in five and a half years. Of course you did. Wow. <laughs> All right. And uh, your range of income during that five and a half years? 112000 to 166 Cool. What do you do for a living? Uh, well, I started out as a wireless network engineer and then noticed a need uh, for a technical project manager in that space. So I went out and got some education and transitioned to a technical project manager. Nice income increase. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. Um, there was a little, little bit of a dip, um, uh, but uh, what I continued to do is just rely on my uh, technical skills in the wireless space. And uh, then I volunteered to present the status of our project to, to upper management. And uh, so it just grew from there. And I realized that there was very few people that could uh, communicate technically speaking and, and, and then work as a, as a project manager. So, um, and I did that during my debt-free, uh, debt-free journey. Wow. How long was that dip that you just described? Uh, it took probably about eight months. But um, so I was relying on my wireless network skills as an engineer, fixing problems. And then, like I said, just really uh, volunteered to present the status to, to folks, did some PowerPoint presentations. And so I've, I've combined my technical skills with project management skills. And it's offering what I've discovered is um, it offers a unique skill set that a lot of people don't have right now. Yeah. I love that story right there, Dave. This is a guy who goes, all right, I want to make some changes. And you took the dip, but you didn't slow down. You didn't accept it. Now you got the big pay bump yeah. and that helped accelerate the journey. Wow. Yeah. I really love that story. Yeah, thanks, Ken. I appreciate that. Um, I, hats off to you too. You, you and I have a little bit of history. You took my call the last uh, on the last uh, caller, February second, twenty twenty two. I was in a pretty dark place uh, at you know during my journey, and and it was you and and uh, um, uh, uh, Ken and and George. You guys took my call, and and that really. Uh, inspired me uh, a bit. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. What right. kind of debt was your three hundred twenty-three thousand? Dave, I had everything. I had student loans. I had uh, car loans. I had credit cards. I had outdoor cameras. In fact, I think, if I remember correctly, they were lining up cheetahs to join the field. Um, <laughs> and but I, I tell you what, uh, we might want to call some animal people, get the cheetahs some help because they're not looking too good back there. Yeah, yeah, getting a little, uh, getting a little thin. <laughs> yeah, not having enough to eat these days. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So uh, you you were normal though. You'd collected every kind of debt. Yeah, rental properties included. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What What do you attribute? What do you tell people that you? The secret to getting out of debt is, I mean, three hundred twenty-three thousand dollars, dude. That's high, that's high cotton. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, five thousand dollars a month for sixty-three months. Um, for me, it was um, the moment that I walked into uh, my master bathroom. Um, I just remember that there was there was a period there where I I said I have a mess. I I can't retire, and. I need to figure out how I'm going to do this. I'm 50. I was 50 years old at that point, um, and um, so I, I just I had to I had to clean up my mess. Yeah, had to figure it out. I mean, and, and so you had had kind of an oh crap I've had it moment. Yeah, and, but, and then what did you do? How'd you get tied into us? 
Well, so I listened to your uh, uh, radio station. I was working um, a, a second shift. I would get off at 7 o'clock or 6.30, drive home, and I have a tendency to listen to the news uh, on the radio on the way home, so I don't have to constantly listen to the same recirculated stories over and over again when I get home. So I was thumbing through the AM radios, uh, landed on your station or your your, uh, radio um, replay, and... um, That's what got me inspired. In 2014, that was 2014, I joined Financial Peace University at that point um, and didn't finish it. It was a 13-week long course um, with with a kit, and I didn't finish it. But the seed seed had been planted, and I knew in 2016, I I was at a point where I just had to do something. Um, The final moment for me was happened in in March of 2016 and April, I, uh, we had a really bad hailstorm and it caused uh, my rental properties to uh, have a claim, have claims opened up on it. And then I hit 50 years old. I was like, I, I went ahead and I paid that, put it on the credit card for the, for the deductibles. And then hit 50 years old, said, man, I got a real problem. A week later, we had a second hailstorm that required a second claim. That And, and that hailstorm eventually ended up causing about $42,000 uh, of damage on my rental properties. And so it took me six months, seven months. And I remember in November, November of uh, 2016, I walked into that bathroom and just looked at myself and it was it was as if nobody existed in the world it was just me my raw emotions and the person looking in that mirror and I just said I need to figure this out I there's no one else here that I can count on I need to do this and um, the next day I sold all of my employee stock purchase plan $35,000 of Cisco stock sold that and paid off my credit card, one of my credit cards, and I had an 80-20 loan on one of my rental properties. I paid off the 20% of that. Wow. Yeah. You killed it, man. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. How's it feel to be free? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, the world, I, I've just recently told people that I'm a 55-year-old infant. <laughs> I like so, it. Hey, we got a copy of Total Money Makeover for you, a copy of the Baby Steps Millionaire's book, a one-year membership to Financial Peace University, all in the Live and Give bundle. And that's the thing that you'll be able to do is give most of that away. You've been through most of it. But I think you're on the track to be a Baby Steps Millionaire. Also, um, we, there's rumors going around here at Ramsey, and sometimes there's rumors going around here. There are always good rumors when they go around here that you've been working extremely hard and that you've been very, very, very dedicated towards you really had a desire to become a financial coach, yeah. a Ramsey financial coach. And so Tim Mann with the uh, coaching team uh, is going to come join you here on the stage. Tim, I'll hey, let Mark. you take it for a second. Yeah, I just, I'm so excited to watch your progress over the last year to see how you have jumped in repeatedly inside of FPU, inside of Financial Peace University, participating in group coaching, encouraging others, challenging others, and also seeking out how do I become a financial coach? I think you've been on what, a dozen of our financial coach master training webinars and workshops, and just watching your growth and progress, I'm just really excited to let you know we're going to bring you in, no charge. Financial Coach Master oh Training on us. We are so excited to have you. You are what we're looking for in coaching. You're the guy who is the encourager. You're the guy who's going to share your story. 
You're the guy who's going to continue to bring other people along in this journey, and we could not be any prouder of you, Mark. Thank, thanks, Tom. You have an incredible... Very cool. That's pretty fun. Dave, I got a... I got a you have an incredible family here, an incredible team. I do. Uh, they, um, they are part of my extended family, and going through this... Um, That's what we heard. Uh, going through this single, uh, as a single person, Tim and his team, um, I'm standing here because of the inspiration that they gave me across the uh, over those phone calls. And now you get to pay it forward. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and uh, if I can share anything, just um, the feeling, I, I want to pass along the feeling that I have on that last payment, knowing and watching that last payment clear. Um, I want others to feel that. Amen. I want to. I want people to lean into their debt, own Amen. it, and drive it, and and solve it. And I want you to get your debt-free scream in. <laughs> All right, here we go. Tim, thank you. Mark from Garland, Texas, three hundred twenty-three thousand paid off in five and a half years, making one twelve to one sixty-six. Future certified financial coach from Ramsey. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. In Jesus Christ. I'm debt free! Yeah! Wow. We sort of we we train people to be financial coaches for those of you who don't know, and the training is a wee bit expensive to go through it. But uh, Mark, he's a special guy. This is the Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. One of the keys to becoming successful with money is learning the art and science of generosity, building your generosity muscle. So every year we always do a giving show at Christmas time to uh, highlight the power of generosity, and we need you to help us with the giving show by being on the show, telling your giving or receiving story someone gave to you and changed your life someone you were able to give and it was a rock star moment and it'll inspire other people to be generous by hearing your story we need three hours worth of those we're going to do the show on december the 14th so we'll be calling you on that day and we need you to send an email in tell us a little bit about the story and uh, the team will be in touch with you and get you lined up and all so you email to ask at ramseysolutions.com the name ask at RamseySolutions.com. Just put giving in the subject line or something like that, and uh, we'll help you uh, be part of the upcoming giving show. And Ken, for the uh, Black Friday coming up, we got a deal on the uh, Get Clear assessment. That's right. Um, I don't know why this is a deal. It shouldn't be a deal because it's a deal, and <laughs> this thing is a deal without making it a deal. 
Yeah, well, you get it just this week for $20. It's $10 off the normal price. And uh, this is a tool that's going to help anybody who's not where they want to be professionally. Maybe you're on the right track, uh, but you feel like you should be getting promoted maybe a little bit quicker. You're trying to get that breakthrough. Maybe you have no idea what you want to do. Maybe you're looking for that idea for a side hustle. The idea is, is how can I find uh, purpose in work and then make the income that I want? And this tool does it for you. It's the Get Clear Career Assessment. And uh, it, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful tool. Only twenty bucks, normally thirty dollars. Yeah, and the Paycheck to Purpose number one bestselling book, ten dollars right now. And Baby Steps Millionaires, my latest number one bestseller, ten dollars. Wow, which makes all of my books now available at only ten dollars. It's ridiculous. There's inflation out there. Did we you not be did you approve this of this, Dave? Or they sneak this one in this on this you? Cheap. This is my <laughs> too cheap. Makes me feel cheap. Right. It makes you feel cheap when you buy it for just ten dollars. It's a deal. Ten people for a hundred bucks, you knock out their gifts right there. Boom, just like that. RamseySolutions.com, Black Friday deals on gifts that actually matter. LaJill is with us. LaJill is in Detroit. Hi, LaJill. How are you? Hi, Dave. Hi, Ken. Hey. Hi. What's up? Hi. So um, I am trying to go from Dave Fish to full on Dave. <laughs> And um, I'm a, like a serial entrepreneur, so like I bring in a lot of money a lot of different ways. But my question is, um, should I, when I'm paying off debt, should I focus on like just the business I have that makes me money instead of putting out money for my other businesses to make money, if that makes sense? How many are making money? So, like, okay, for example, I throw, like, parties. I'm an event planner. So I maybe spend, like, $1,200, but I'll make a couple grand. But I don't know if I should be putting that money out to do that. Wait a minute. You, you, you spend $1,200 and you make 3200 profit right. of a couple grand? Right. That's debt you're paying off every time you do that. All right. I mean, so profit is profit. Yeah. I mean, you're not you're not spending the money, and it's not coming back. It's coming back to you instantaneously, almost, isn't it? Yeah, it comes back the well, the day of the party. Yeah, yeah. a couple months later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so which business? Is, which that one's not losing money. Well, not- I have like I have like um like social media type stuff, and that's the stuff that doesn't necessarily make me money right here and now. And then I also do like drawing and logos and stuff and. That, that makes me money when people, like, ask for it. But I don't know if I should really get into, like, the full-on advertising and content creating side of things. Or I should just wait for all that type of stuff. You should. You should wait to expand right now. You just want to do things that make you money so you get out of Baby Step 2 fast, quick as possible, right? So we can delay the stuff that you want to maybe expand one day once we're in a position to do so. Five years from today, do you want to be in the logo business or the event planning business? Do I want to be in the what or the event planning? Do you want to be in event planning or logos? Which one? Event planning. Okay. Start doing that now then. Quit screwing around with 17 things. You get no power when you don't focus. I would focus focus on event planning and blow it up. Put all your time, all your energy, all your effort, all your creative waking hours into one thing. Uh, Working three different businesses is a recipe for getting none of them off the ground. Okay. Well, 
I also, so my main source of income is actually like grocery delivery where I do like ship Instacart type things. And I'm, I make pretty, actually make pretty good money doing that. Okay, so but that's not, that's not what we're talking about. That's a, that's a stopgap until the event business gets big enough that you don't have to do that anymore. Right. Yeah. So if you're making $100,000 a year doing event planning, you wouldn't be doing any of this other crap. Very true. Okay. Okay, I will do that. I'm going to send you a copy. Of, I'm going to send you a copy of a quick read we have called the Momentum Theorem. And the Momentum Theorem is this: focused intensity over time multiplied by God creates unstoppable momentum. And this book will take you about an hour and a half to read, max. Okay, and it explains okay. exactly what this focused intensity looks like. And you have the exact opposite of that. You have dispersed intensity, which has no power to it. It feels like that. The older yeah. I get, the more I feel yeah. powerless. <laughs> light dispersed lights a room. Light focused you can do surgery with. It's called a laser. And I want you to be laser. And you're going to move this business into the stratosphere when you do. Because you got so much energy on you. There's so much joy coming off of you. You, 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 you're like the ultimate event planner. This is going to be great. Oh, yeah. And, again, you have a side hustle that's actually spinning off real profit. That's where you put, put your focus right now. We're trying to generate income to get out of debt, get the emergency fund in place, and that changes your entire perspective. So, I mean, this is the focus here is absolutely the word. You know, trying to do too many things is exhausting, too. Oh, yeah. You know, on top of everything else. It's, it's enough to get out of debt. You don't need all these other distractions. It's a little bit of the problem we've got with a whole bunch of things in our culture today. People's inability to keep their eye on the ball, mm-hmm. to stay and play through, to have some grit, to stick with something all the way through and finish <laughs> it up. And, um, you know, I want work-life balance, but I want to spend 40 hours a week on my screens. Uh, so, no, I think you need to get off your stupid screens. And uh, actually look in the eyes of your family. Actually be present physically with your family. Um, and, and then not wonder why relationships are bad because right. you suck at them. Right. And then one of the things that we see in, in, in this case here is, is we prospect as opposed to digging deep. Like we're going to invest, right? It's like our investment strategy that you've taught for decades. It's slow and steady wins the race. It's disciplined, yeah, low but risk. But you're drilling to the core. We're not That's just skimming right. the surface. That's right. None we're of this not, prospecting. We're not, we're not strip mining. Yeah. Right. And so the serial entrepreneurs can fall prey to that to go, well, I'm going to try this because this could strike, but I'm going to do this and hedge my bets over here. Maybe this will strike. And as opposed to digging deep to get that oil, like we're going to commit and go deep. And that's where you see long-term success financially, so, relationally, your health, everything. Yeah, the reason I can smell this out is because I used to do it. Right. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm 23 years, 24 years old buying real estate like crazy, hand over fist. And I almost, in the middle of all of that, financed $25,000 worth of quarter machines to put at the market to pump air into your tires yeah when they first started charging for air <laughs> i thought it was the dumbest thing in the world and i thought this is going to work and i almost stopped what i was doing because i'm a serial entrepreneur and add right. as i can be right and stopped doing a successful real estate thing that was working and went and bought air machines that's how dumb i am yeah by the and, way those things never work when i need air can never get one that works dave 
I don't know about that. I bought my own machine. Not my fault because I didn't buy it. So, <laughs> so you have to you have to turn turn your complaint that's into a, the department that's a of nuisance complaints. You don't need right. Yeah, really, wow. Hey, folks, if you like the show, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with a friend. It makes all the difference in the world. It lights up the things called the Internet. We love it when you do that. Subscribe to the show, leave a review, a five-star review, and share it with a friend. Thank you. This is The Ramsey Show. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.